With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports, objective insider, expertise, top guest, available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Ready. Here we go. Big show lined up. Why Urban Meyer, why Urban Meyer is an idiot. Uh, Tennessee with a trip-up game, which I think is idiotic. And I'm not just calling everybody an idiot. I'm not doing that, Caleb Calhoun. Good morning. He's the only non-idiot in the world, guys. Yes, I'm the only non-idiot in the world. It's basically, uh, over the past hundred years, it's me and Einstein. (laughs) It is not. (laughs) I make a lot of mistakes, but I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that uh, what Urban Meyer said recently is pretty darn dumb. Uh, And also, who has the most talented roster? We'll address that. And the SEC, now that Texas is in it, because Urban Meyer is incredibly high on Texas. But that Tennessee trip-up game is bugging me a little bit. Also, why Tennessee, maybe more than most schools, needs to be concerned about some of these gambling scandals that are popping up. The Alabama one, they're trying to squelch that. They're leaking to people that there are no players involved. But how do we really know and now there's something with Iowa, Iowa State, so we'll get into that. 
And um, so a lot going on in the program today. And uh, Bronnie James, Arch Manning uh, are now uh, valued by this on three NIL evaluation thing, which is for the record, if you've ever even thought of owning a business or you have ever even uh, balanced your checkbook is a stupid thing by on three. It just is. That's a fact. And then I want to ask where Nico uh, fits into all of that. I know he doesn't have the dad like Bronny and uh, Arch do, but I I think that uh, when all said and done, we could be talking about him having a better college career than either one of those guys. And I don't think that's an incredible reach at all. But first, let's get to today's tough question. The NBA and some guy named Lonnie Walker, who could have walked up to me on the street yesterday and knocked on my front door, and I would have said, oh, is that my Uber Eats? But he had a pretty good game, great jumping-off point for best unknown ball performance. Let's get to it. Today's tough question brought to you by Andy Mason, andymasonrealestate.com. I'll tell you more with today's tough question. Question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com. All right. Best unknown vol performance. And I thought of this last night. Lonnie Walker, who is he? What'd he do last night for those out there that aren't NBA fans? Caleb Calhoun. 15 points off the bench in the fourth quarter for the Lakers to help them win the game win game four over the Warriors 104 to 101. Lakers now have a three to one series lead. Not to take a shot, but I have said for years that Steph is one of the most unclutched players in the history of basketball. And I, I again got validated on that last night. Homeboy went three of 14 from three. If if the game is close and you need a three from Steph. I'd take LeBron to shoot a three in the final five seconds before I take Steph Curry if I needed it. I'm not even going to lie to y'all. But Lonnie Walker was the star in the fourth quarter, really taking over. No one saw that coming. Okay. What you said just then was crazy. But we're not going to talk to the NBA. I thought Shaq to shoot a three in the fourth quarter over Steph. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right. Here we go. <laughs> so um, today's tough question is best performance by an unknown Ball. And I'm afraid you're going to pick mine. So I've got a couple, but mine is by far the best. So the one, the one I'm, I'm, ho- I'm withholding from you is uh, absolutely incredible. And it's brought to you by Andy Mason, real estate.com. Go to Andy Mason, real estate.com. Andy Mason is my realtor. I'm getting ready to get in that whole scenario of buying. I feel so comfortable knowing I'll say thousands or tens of thousands with Andy Mason, Andy Mason, real estate, real estate.com over 40 years of experience in his office. He is awesome. Just so sign up, tell him off the sports sent you, but you can sign up at Andy Mason, real estate.com. So the best performance by an unknown ball is what say you Caleb Calhoun. That's today's tough question. Fill it out on our message board as well, but I've got the winner. It's a, it's, it's from a forgettable game and a forgettable season. But it's 2013 Corey Miller versus Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Had Corey five, Miller. Corey Miller had five sacks in that in that game, which remains the most sacks of all time. No one cared about that game because the week before Tennessee had lost to Vanderbilt. It was Butch Jones's first year. And by losing to Vanderbilt, they knew they were going to miss out on a bowl game for a third straight year. 
I mean, this was the darkest period in Tennessee football history, guys. <laughs> but they, they played the last game against Kentucky, and Corey Miller registered five sacks in the win. That's the best performance by an unknown ball. I'm surprised you didn't go my way, given your Memphis ties. Is that a hint? You know where I'm going here? Hmm? Maybe a little before your time. I sometimes forget you're a younger guy than me because I think you know more history than me. So it throws me off. Here's the here's what it is. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, this is absolutely it. It's a 53-yard pass from a known ball. Oh, I know this one. Yeah. I know where you're going. Okay. Which would be T. Martin. Okay. To Bobby Graham. It's the only time, I swear to you, the only time that everybody in the Neyland Stadium press box did not know who a guy was. I'm not exaggerating, Caleb. Everybody had to pull out the roster. Nobody knew who Bobby Graham was. He was from Memphis. Tennessee ends up getting the victory because Bobby Graham hauls in a 53-yard pass that was a moon shot, and Memphis was about to pull off one of the most incredible uh, performances in Neyland Stadium by beating Tennessee the year after uh, Tennessee won the national titles. It was a 53-yard shot down to the six-yard line. Two plays later, T. Martin found Cedric Wilson, another Memphis native, in the end zone uh, to tie the game. Alex Walls kicks the extra point. Memphis falls to one and three, and the Vols are able to move on. It was one of those games that we'll talk about coming out flat later in the program on another topic. It was one of those Philip Fulmer games, and to his detriment, he had a lot of those that they would come out flat against Vanderbilt and Kentucky. To his credit, he had established such a talented roster that they would pull those games out. This is one of those prime examples. So I will say Bobby Graham hauling that in the only time, again, there's been a play made where no one in the media knew who the man was. No exaggeration. Nobody said, oh, that's Bobby Graham. Everybody says, who's that? And we all had a, we literally all had a look at our rosters to find out who Bobby Graham was. That is a – the funny thing about that Memphis team is that may be the best five and six non-Power 5 team of all time. I don't know if you know this. But <laughs> if you want to do the research on that. No, no, go. I know the research. I actually remember that year. If you remember when Tennessee played Memphis, they won 17 to 16. If you remember, Memphis was one and two going into that game. You know what their two losses were? I uh, don't. They lost three to nothing – to a eight and four Ole Miss team that f- finished in the top twenty-five, and then they lost thirteen to ten to a Mississippi State team that went ten and two that year and finished in the top ten. Those were their first two losses that year, and then they go and play Tennessee. That those that it was the Rip Share era. Rip Share was the coach of the Tigers at the time, and they were a dominating defense consistently. They just never had an offense. But going into that game you kind of could see Tennessee maybe flat because Memphis was very dangerous and Tennessee had just lost to Florida in a heartbreaker. They had Auburn the next week. I will give you that might've been the greatest play in Tennessee football history. 
I can't go greatest performance though. I mean, Bobby Graham didn't even catch the game winning touchdown. I don't know because t- Tennessee had lost that game if he doesn't make that play, and it wasn't even a great throw. Andy was well covered, so I'm 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 gonna hold true to what I got. You that's know Bobby greatest- Graham. That's not even Bobby Graham's most memorable game. No, it is too. No, 2001 Florida. He had seven catches in that game. Okay, I don't. I don't care. They lose to Memphis the year after winning a national title early in the year. And it, it, they lose to Memphis without that play. And don't forget, that's just three years after Memphis upset Tennessee. So everybody thought that going into that game, that Tennessee would be motivated to pound the Tigers into the ground and prove that they're the better program. And that didn't happen. And it was it, it was a game that felt lost by Tennessee. I mean, there are times where you're covering a, a team and you think to yourself, they have just lost that game. It was an absolute moonshot. For some reason, they couldn't move the ball at all. And if not for that play, you would agree, right? If not for that play, Tennessee loses that game. Yeah, I agree. What play was more significant to beating Memphis, though? Because here's the crazy part. The very next year, Tennessee almost loses to Memphis again in Memphis. And, and, and Memphis is up 17-16 to 16 with less than a minute to go. Everybody's certain Memphis has just won the game. And then Leonard Scott reels off a huge return to set up an Alex Walls game-winning field goal. Yeah, and and it's funny you bring up Corey Miller and the five sacks. Honestly, I'd forgotten that he had he had, had five sacks. And uh, he was one of the players that was involved um, in the, 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 the great escape in the night, so to speak, when Lane Kiffin was gone because – he was a part of that class, and basically um, the fact that he was a midterm enrollee, but he had gotten to Tennessee and spent the night on campus, and that at the time was a, a rule. If you spent the night on campus as a midterm enrollee, you don't really sign anything as a midterm enrollee, but if you spend the night on campus, I don't know if that's still the rule, but at the time he spent the night on campus, so he was a ball. And he couldn't get out of it without sitting out a year. This is before the transfer rules. But his teammate, whose name escapes me, his high school teammate, did not make that trip, did not drive with Corey because he was packing up his stuff, got halfway to Tennessee, heard about Lane Kiffin bolting, and turned around and went back the other way. And I think he ended up at Southern California. So Corey Miller was this close to not even having that game and not being a vault. How strange is that? That's wild, but then that disproves what we thought about. So Ed Orgeron didn't even know what he was doing when he was calling the players, telling them not to go to class, because it didn't matter if they went to class. It mattered if they spent the night. Let me, let me t- tell you something about <laughs> You're right, he didn't. Let me tell you something about that. Of course 24 Ed Orgeron will get it wrong when he's trying to like. <laughs> let, me you, let me tell you something about that 24-hour period. He didn't know what he was doing. Lane didn't largely know what he was doing. Monty Giffen sure as heck didn't know what he was doing. I remember talking to him. He goes, I don't know why everybody's so upset. I didn't know the rules. Um, No, I mean, it was 24 hours of pure ignorance. (laughs) I mean, they shouldn't have. They even held a press conference for a departing coach. Uh, Mike Hamilton was meeting with the direct TV guy in Colorado when he got the phone call. 
So it was all that everybody was ignorant. And ignorant doesn't mean stupid. It means uninformed. And which is why you always turn to Ed Orgeron to be the calming force in those situations. <laughs> <laughs> and he's already in L.A. making phone calls trying to talk him out of it. Um, so it was, well, yeah. Um, is what he always used to say. It, it was it was ignorance across the board. Nobody was well informed <laughs> in those twenty four hours, and I include myself in that. Um, it was absolutely bizarro. But yeah, Corey Miller was that close to. I think he was going to go to North Carolina instead. He tried to get out of it, but couldn't. Be sure and hit that like button so we can bring pe more people in. If you haven't subscribed to this point, you need to and turn your notification on because Celebrate 98 is a thing and it's happening. We'll drop it tonight. As a matter of fact, it'll be Eric Westmoreland will be our first guest and then we'll have more later this week. So, uh, yeah, he was that close to not being a not being a vol at all. Corey Miller was. So real question going back to this like performance by Nuno Vol, because this could be not an unknown Lonnie Walker, but this could be Lonnie Walker's breakout game, which as you know is different. The game that makes you emerge into a star. I'm not saying it will be, but there are two I want to see if you're gonna get it right, Gabe. There are only two answers in terms of who had the greatest breakout game for Evol. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, so could they, they have, they could have played before, right? They could have played before, but the, the, the real thing, what makes this difference from the unknown Vols is like, they became a very, they became basically a star after this game on a consistent basis. Okay. What do you got? Um, I'm interested to see which direction you go here. Cause you feel strongly about two. So lay it on me, brother. All right, one of them is 2001 Kelly Washington versus LSU. The, to this day, is a school record for receiving yards in a game. Didn't really catch anything before that game. And okay, and and do you know? Do you remember at the end of that game that he, he had gotten criticism for pointing to the stands? He was pointing to his mom, and people said he was showboating. And an offensive lineman at the time came up to me and said, "Man, we don't even touch the ball." And here he is showboating. And he's just been here for a couple months. But do do you remember after? Those performances, he specifically went around and patted um, the offensive lineman on the head and was less demonstrative than he I was. I did not know that. No, yeah, I he did. Know. He went out of his way and, like, smoothed everything over. Then he smacked his head and had a neck injury against Georgia. So people always remember him as a bad guy. He was trying to improve his image um, after that. So, uh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. What else you got? Biggest breakout ball? Because I have the best one. The other one is after arguably the great what who what who would have become the greatest running back in Tennessee football history suffered what became a career ending injury. Tony Thompson comes in and in his Ooh, first Tony start, Thompson, two hundred twenty yards. Start, I was at that game. Uh, my, my dad took my stepdad took. Yeah, nineteen ninety, two hundred forty eight yards. Literally, the only person who would ever rush for more yards than Thompson did that day was Chuck Webb, the guy he replaced from injury. <laughs> Yeah, and you're like, God, this guy's every bit as good. He wasn't. He, you know, wasn't as good as Chuck Webb. Chuck Webb, I think, was one of the most talented tailbacks that I'd have ever seen. All right, so those are your two. We got a whole new, no, whole new segment here as we freelance a little bit. Mine is though more significant than either of your two. What you know is why? It? Why? Okay, it's J. Lou. It's Jamal Lewis. 
against Houston. 13 carries, 135 yards. Wait, Houston, don't you mean Ole Miss? No, I'm going I'm going Houston. Houston here, was 98. Did I, I said 98. Did I not say 98? Oh, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I wouldn't, okay, I'm surprised that was a breakout game you call that, but okay. Okay, here's here's why I call that uh, a – well, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Excuse me. The the year it was it was ninety. It, my goodness, I, I'm getting a little twisted and turned around here. Uh, his first year, he didn't play against Florida, and Mark uh-huh. Levine played. So help me with that. I, I got my years twisted up. Um, the week after the Florida game, in which Mark Levine uh, Levine played, and then it was Jamal Lewis who had a big breakout game. So it was significant in that everybody said, why didn't you play that guy last week? Well, he wasn't good in pass pro, but that was his breakout game. Can you help me on? No, that was 90, that was 97 versus Ole Miss. Okay. Because... 97 Ole Miss. You're right. So 97 yeah. Ole Miss. Sorry. I've seen a lot of okay. football games, um, <laughs> but that would be my biggest breakout performance, but I don't know that there's any others That's that compete. One. If you want to throw one on the message board, feel free um, that even, that even really compete with that. Um, now, if you want to stretch it a little bit, how about Hendon Hooker going from good to great on the national stage against Alabama? But that's not a breakout game, really. I guess it was a breakout from good to incredible, right? If I were to do Hendon Hooker, and, and there's a good one, it would be it, it's the game that Josh Heifel ignores because he says the Kentucky game of 2021 was the defining moment. No, the Missouri game of 2021. And I would say Hooker – in the Missouri game, I'm pulling up the stats now. He threw for 225 yards and three touchdowns, and then he ran for 80 yards and another touchdown and led Tennessee to a 62-24 to win. Missouri was favored in that game. And so I think that that would – but the breakout game for a quarterback is probably Josh Dobbs' 2014 South Carolina, where South Carolina had a two-touchdown lead, and Dobbs led them back with – he scored two touchdowns in three minutes – and had five total touchdowns and over 300 yards in the game. Okay, now Travis says on our message board, Travis Stevens, I don't remember him having a breakout game. I remember him being a lot like Tony Thompson in that he was there when needed because Tennessee, you thought, was going to take a major step down at running back with Thompson and Stevens, and they didn't. I don't remember a breakout game, do you? No, I don't remember a breakout game. Particularly, we have to remember – when Jamal Lewis first went down in 98, Travis Stevens and Travis Henry were splitting reps at first, and then Travis Henry kind of emerged as the main running back because all due respect to Travis Stevens, a great, loyal guy, but Travis Stevens was not as good as Travis Henry or Jamal Lewis. He just wasn't. No, I, yeah, exactly. I don't I don't remember a breakout game, Travis, on our message board. Maybe you can help us with that. The other one that um, – can I pick a breakout throw? Okay. All right. So uh, a breakout throw. There was uh, a guy who he went on to do pretty good things, but he was thrown into the fire at UCLA. He was not ready. And then the next week against Georgia, he threw a uh, Peyton Manning through a deep out route that I said, that's a special guy, a special player. And while there was some debate, whether Tennessee should go with him or Brandon Stewart or even Todd Helton was in that mix after Jerry Colquitt got hurt in the opener against UCLA. He made a deep out pass, and I still remember um, I remember Mike Keith, 
who was uh, hosting Sports Talk at the time, saying that was the type of pass that uh, changed the way you perceive Peyton Manning. There was he was not a caretaker that's going to you know put you in the right position and super smart. He also had the arm. He had the ability to be elite. And boy, he absolutely. I still remember that out pass against Georgia. It was early in the game where you're like, that's an SEC quarterback, no question. I think I remember Jimmy Hyams talking about that. He was interviewed for uh, – there was a ESE60 documentary called The Book of Manning. He was, ago. yeah. And I think I, 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 I think I remember reading him, seeing him talk about that. The thing that stood out to me about that year was Cutcliffe did an interview one time. I know Tennessee had lost to Alabama in the last second – or in the last minute that year because they failed to convert a fourth down in the red zone. And Peyton had a wide-open touchdown pass – but he threw it the other way. And the reason he threw it the other way is Cutcliffe had coached him never throw against a blitz, like never throw where the blitz is. And Cutcliffe comes back later and he's like, honestly, I should have trusted Peyton Manning to throw where the blitz was because he'd be able to make that throw and he would have known how to loft it to the wide open receiver. Yeah. I mean, there's no question that David Cutcliffe was conservative with new guys that were in there. T Martin still, I think is a little myth that he wasn't able to do more earlier in 1998. As a matter of fact, I talked to him about it. So I know he was, he, he thought he could handle more, but yeah, but I'm Landon sure. Sanders turned him loose in 1999 and he was worse. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't ready, but they were pretty conservative in 98, but it worked. I mean, nobody, that's why we're doing a celebrate 98 series with uh, Eric Westmoreland emo. That'll drop. Uh, later today and some of the stories were so cool that you, you just got to check it out uh, hit hit the like button subscribe and all that good stuff because uh, basically he and uh, Fred White who joins us every Friday were both on the strong side and they would freelance their chemistry was so good and you listen to, to that too because I want to get your thoughts on it but he just he freelance they would be able to freelance as to who is going to blitz who is going to uh, attack the box because they knew each other and they were so in- incredibly smart. So um, that's that chemistry, the type of thing that you're going to get from the Celebrate 98 series. So I, d- I still am not completely sure of Lonnie Walker's backstory, but it led us to uh, the uh, breakout vol and it also uh, led us to best unknown vol performance. So uh, a couple of good talking points there and I, I i don't like calling people in the media not smart i just don't i mean that's what i i'm in the media i don't like the you know i just i don't like getting tit for tat but when when they are a former coach yes i will do that and i'm going to tell you right after this who's just incredible dumb and it just blows me away. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. Uh, this is a presentation of Off the Hook Sports, the guy who put his foot in his mouth and he doesn't even know it because he's not bright, or at least he's ignorant or something. I'm not going to make excuses for him. I'll get Caleb's thoughts in two minutes. and Craving Wings South North Shore location where we've heard people say that you can get the best wings in East Tennessee. Pero quien es este? El numero 87, Jacob Warren. I'll just do six of my sauce 87, please. Imposible, señorita. Dale seis más. Look at these wings. Perfectas, deliciosas, fantásticas. Man, I don't know what you're saying, but it sounds awesome. How do you say fresh, never frozen in Spanish? 
frescas, nunca congeladas. Make your way to Craving Wings and get you Seis Mas. But what was funny about Cadiz, we were a full continuum of care at that time. We had detox, we had inpatient, we had outpatient. So we were doing a lot of the things that we do now. But now we just do them so much better. It's really a simple program, but it's, we're complicated people. I am what I am, and now I gotta do something about it. You can take your life back. Call Cadis today. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasty Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasty, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasty's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasty Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Our family has been creating jewelry since 1986, each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street right next to the Tennessee Theater. Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. So Urban Meyer is doing his uh, Fox Sports thing, which is, I guess, good because he's not running uh, an NFL team into the ground. And he is not dancing with other women at his nightclub. I guess that's better. You know, that seems like an improvement. But saying stupid stuff is not really that great either. So here's what Urban Meyer uh, had to say in a recent interview. He said, quote, I think Texas, you didn't mention them in this interview, but don't sleep on Texas this year. I was talking to Ohio State Athletic Associate Athletic Director Mark Pantone, and I was talking to the recruiting director at Ohio State. Man, for man, roster against roster, it's hard to say Texas doesn't have the best roster in college football. Let me repeat that last part. It's hard to say Texas doesn't have the best roster in college football. Let me give it a shot. Texas doesn't have the best roster in college football. How dumb of a statement is this on a scale of 1 to 10, Caleb Calhoun? Or do you agree? No, I don't agree. It's at a 12. But more importantly, look, Urban Meyer, we know, is a sociopath. We yes. also we also know that he's not as stupid as he's not a stupid sociopath like Butch Jones. Sorry for using that word. Yes. <laughs> um, sociopath or stupid? We know that Urban Meyer is not a stupid sociopath like Butch Jones. He's just a sociopath. Okay. Yes, a sociopath, somebody that only looks out for themselves, does not care about the interest of others. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. 
And there's a lot of people, particularly in the coaching realm, who are sociopaths and also not smart. And it's not usually a good combination. And that's <laughs> of the world. actually probably a good 40 to 50 percent. But <laughs> that get to the head coaching level, there's a combination of. But anyway, right. continue. So Urban Meyer is a smart sociopath, which leads me to believe <laughs> there is method to this madness. I'm just trying to figure out what the method is. Okay. Here's my... Uh, the I I don't think I don't think there is you're you're referring to an ulterior motive, right? I no. don't think there is that in this case. I think that it was just a passing conversation that he had with the recruiting director at Ohio State. I think it's a it's a conversation he said where their Texas is doing a good job and they got Arch Manning and not you know the, Texas was number three in recruiting this past recruiting cycle. So fine. That, that, that's fine. You you heard that from your recruiting director. You want to say something. And also, I'm sure that Fox Sports, which is why I'm not a Fox Sports guy, and I think ESPN will continue to dominate. We can have that conversation another time. I think Fox probably pushes him to say stuff and do these interviews, and I think he shoots from the hip. So I don't think this is a well-thought-out, premeditated thing like you would say before before a game, you know, like uh, Butch Jones, who you brought up, said the team in red, and he wouldn't refer to uh, Alabama because he thought that that would help his players in some shape, form, or fashion. It just made Alabama mad, and they beat the bejesus out of Tennessee. Uh, but that th- there was an ulterior motive there. I don't believe there is in this case, Caleb, and I, I, I see what you're saying. Most oftentimes there would be. I just think it's an ignorant statement because let me let me run these numbers by you. So a Texas number three in the last recruiting cycle in 2023, and they may end up one day in the next two or three years having the most talented roster because there's so much oil money there and they, they might take advantage of NIL. I would certainly think so. I don't think they're at the forefront of the top 10 teams taking advantage of NIL from what I'm told, but they're they're right there. But Alabama had the number one class in 2023. Georgia had the number two class. So Texas is not on Alabama and Georgia's level because Texas had the number five class in 2022. Now I'm referring to classes most recently and classes that will affect the upcoming season. Alabama, number three in 2022. That's higher. Georgia um, in, in 2023 was... Uh, number two. So I'm going to run down one more year. 2021, those are the guys that are expected to contribute. Texas was number 15. And in 2021, Alabama number one, Georgia was number four. And then in 2020, if you want to go back further, Texas was eight, Alabama number two, Georgia number one. There is no way that Texas has one of the most talented rosters in the nation. They have one of the most talented, but there's no way that they have the most talented roster. It's just not even close. Mr. Jones says shooting from the hip is far less accurate than uh, using the sights. (laughs) Wow, he's a shooter. I like that. All right, so you're absolutely right. I do think this was shooting from the hip and just just plain ignorant and dumb. No, okay, I – Look. Give me, give me, give me a reason. Oh, I got the reason. Okay, okay. Urban Meyer wants to trigger a Steve Sarkeesian firing. Oh, job. Okay, I thought he was okay. 
All right, that's pretty good. Kudos to Caleb. You 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 win the the star on your paper award. That's pretty good. Okay, so I could see that. I thought he had just pretty much it, that he was resolved to the fact that he's not going to be a coach again. But yes, okay, so he's raising the stakes on Steve Sarkeesian so that he can get the Texas job. I think Urban Meyer would have been highly interested in the USC job before they hired Lincoln, Lincoln Riley. I really do think he would have wanted that job. Urban okay. Meyer is the ultimate cut-and-run coach when things get a little tough and then find uh, as good of a job that's perfectly positioned to be great somewhere else. Okay. And that's a big t- that's a big time uh, kudos to Caleb cuz I I usually see angles pretty good I think and uh, I I didn't see that. So kudos to Caleb on that one. Um, By the way, in terms of roster, the best roster for the record, if it wasn't for quarterback, it would be or you you want to do four downs, don't you? Oh yeah, I want to get to that. First I was going to oh, give yeah. you a love. Oh sorry. Very good job, Caleb. I did not see that one coming at all. I didn't see that. I thought he was just fine with not coaching anymore that he's proven he's kind of adult uh, and he's got the TV gig. So good, good job on that one. Uh, I didn't even see that way out of left field. So, and you know, he's snakeish enough just to try to get another coach fired for himself. He's that type of a snake. Oh yeah. No question. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's, that's, uh, yeah, the sun's going to come up tomorrow. That's just an obvious statement. Um, City Heat and Air Conditioning, cityheatandair.com brings you four downs. Integrity matters. You may not need a whole new unit when it gets hot. And yours has trouble. You may just need a part, may need some coolant. That's why City Heat and Air Conditioning will take care of you. They bring you four downs right now. Integrity matters to City Heating and Air Conditioning. It does not to Urban Meyer. Four downs, four questions, four answers. The Dave Hooker Show. Four, four, four downs. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. I'm changing it up for my rundown because you kind of show me the light a little bit. All right. We know Texas doesn't have the best roster. Would Urban Meyer, that was going to be first down. First down is, would Urban Meyer do a better job at Texas than Steve Sarkeesian? Yes, and I I don't want to tease too much because we're going to talk about this in in, in a segment coming up, but I've never been that much of a believer in Steve Sarkeesian. So, yes, I think he would. Yeah, I'm not either. Unless I'm a bartender and need to pay my bills. (laughs) He's awful. Make sure he's there. Open the bar at nine in the morning for him. Yeah. And the tips will be tremendous. 20% of a lot is pretty good. Um, Okay. I actually think that Urban Meyer um, is pretty washed up. And I think once he got in that position, especially at his age, he would not do as well. I think Texas is, is in better hands. If they could just snap their fingers and change everything, Steve Sarkeesian would be better. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going to give credit to Steve Sarkeesian. I think he's turned his life around. So, uh, there we go. So, um, second down, who has the best roster in the nation? So if quarterbacks weren't a factor, it would easily be Alabama easily, but they don't have a quarterback. And 
I think the recruiting, we haven't seen it yet. There were a lot of young guys last year, and we just saw Bryce Young and Will Anderson, but they're loaded with young talent based on the last – I mean, it's Alabama, but a lot of that young talent should emerge. They just don't have a quarterback. When you factor see, I, in think, I think it's Georgia. See, I wasn't going to go to either of these, though. When you factor in quarterback, I think it's Ohio State. I'm I'm going to take Georgia and what they did last year with restacking, man. That feels just like what Alabama was doing but for you, years. But you told me yesterday that this is not the same Georgia restacking that's about to happen this year that happened last year. And they barely beat Ohio State last year. Okay. Uh, and shouldn't have. <clears throat> so, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's debatable. But the top echelon is what? It's Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama. It's it's those three. It's is those anybody three. There's nobody else in that group. There's a step down after that. Right? Yeah, there's a step down right after those three. Pretty pretty significant. I think other teams could win the national title, because, but, yeah, it's those three. I think Ohio State has the best roster. They ain't winning the national title because they don't got that good of a coach. Mm, yep, okay, I agree with that. Third down, are the Vols in that second tier? Which, to me, is probably along the lines of eight or ten teams. Yes, I think they are now. Which, by the way, Texas is in that tier too, I think. But yes, I think the Vols are because the Vols have utilized the transfer portal well. And also, let's give some credit, man. Jeremy Pruitt found some very underrated players when he was at Tennessee. Yes, I, I, um, Jeremy Pruitt did. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are uh, – if you, you want to take the, the – you know, Cooper Mays was a Jeremy Pruitt guy. I mean, there are a lot of guys that turned out to be physically talented – I just uh, – the long-term direction wasn't going to work out, obviously. Uh, so, we have Tennessee in that second tier. Uh, so, fourth down, I ask you this. Will Urban Meyer ever coach again? Boy, I got you on that one. No, and I, I will tell you why. I'm not saying there's not a school that would take him. There's not a school that Urban Meyer would want to go to that would take him. Exactly. So it's the Jim Tressel thing. Like Jim Tressel was willing to take a step down and go to what it was a Youngstown State or Youngstown or what? No, I think it was back to Youngstown State. But okay. Yeah, because he coached it before. Yeah. But yeah. So he went there and he was willing to do that. Urban Meyer's ego is too big. So he wouldn't take a secondary job just because I love coaching. He loves Urban more than he loves coaching. So. Yes. Like, if Texas called, he would take that in a heartbeat. Heck, if Florida called back, he'd take that in a heartbeat. Uh, he would take one of the top 10 to 15. I don't even know that he would take a top 10 to 15 job. I think that he would have to have a top five job um, and and believe that he could compete for championships very, very quick. How old is he again? Um, I, mean, I, don't, he, I think he's pushing 60, but I don't yeah, think, I think he's like 58. If you can fact check that for me. He's not. 58. No, yeah, you got it right. Yeah, he's not going to – I mean, I don't think he he would go um, – he certainly wouldn't go to Utah again. Ohio State was ready-made uh, when he left Florida. Florida is, has so much talent. But listen, Texas has a lot of talent. The state of Florida has a lot of talent, and he knew he could win there. But the state – and the roster wasn't horrible when he took over because of uh, Ron Zuck was a pretty good recruiter. But, listen, if you went to Texas, you're going to be competing with A&M, who's going to have a new coach, which you would think would do better after Jimbo Fisher's finally gone. Uh, you are you are competing with the TCUs now that they've proven legit. 
you're competing with a lot of different schools. So I don't think that's a lock, stock, and barrel that you're going to be fantastic there. As a matter of fact, I think it's it's grown into a tougher job, especially with the SEC. So you walk in, when Texas walks into the SEC, they're already, at best, third best roster. I think that there uh, are several coaches from a schematic standpoint, and I'm going to include Josh Heupel in this, that are better than Steve Sarkeesian. I think that uh, Lane Kiffin is a better coach schematically than Steve Sarkeesian. Um, I'm sure I'm leaving some Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly, yep, as a whole, is a better coach than Urban Meyer. I believe – You mean mean Steve Sarkeesian. Then start – Yes, then Sarkeesian, excuse me. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I don't think this would be – but I think Brian Kelly as a whole is perhaps a better coach than Urban Meyer. I know that sounds crazy because of the championships, and it would be hard to make that argument, but Brian Kelly spent a lot of time at Notre Dame where you just can't win a championship because of the academic restrictions, and then you have no control over over discipline. Do you know you have to live – in the the dorms at Notre Dame, you have to live in the dorms. You can't go get your own apartment if you're a player. Yeah, that's I, I, I mean, you know, the more you say it, it's like I might be on your side. I mean, let's let's take let's take even recruiting into account. Let's call a spade a spade. Who wants to live in Indi- in Northern Indiana? Like, guys, the Upper Midwest, right around there, it's miserable. Okay, it is respect for the people who live there. You know, I'm not saying they weren't. I'm not saying they have not been massively screwed by our government in big business in different ways. But these are rundown factory towns, left and right, and it's dreary above you all the time. You don't want to live there, and you got the academic standards. Look, I've said this before. Notre Dame is not even like there are 30 schools I could think of right now that have a, that are better positioned to win a national title than Notre Dame. Yes. Um... I agree with all of that. And I think that um, when you look at what, what Notre Dame is, it's pretty cool. I mean, I can roll with it. I like that it's a part of college football, but unless they make changes that they're never going to make, it's they're not going to compete for a championship anytime soon. Oh, yeah. Um, and they're losing their TV revenue advantage, by the way, with the Big Ten getting on NBC. Like one of the big financial advantages Notre Dame has to recruit Latin national, that's going out the window. I mean, guys, because of how set they are in their ways, you might – we're seeing Notre Dame be a program that can win right now. I mean, you might see Notre Dame like – in 50 years, we might be talking about them the way we talk about Pittsburgh now. Because, you know, Pittsburgh and Georgia Tech were like the class of the 1920s in college football. And yeah, I, I would actually say I would actually say more like Georgia Tech because the academics. Yes, exactly. And I don't they know. Were... Could they slip to the Vanderbilt area? Well, I tell you, I, I got a better comparison: Northwestern. They could be Northwestern, where a non-win season is cause for a parade. Yes, it will be, and then the, and then you'll see these old guys be like, "Well, you know, back in 1980, Notre Dame was amazing," and it's like, yeah. nope. It's it it's that that's where they're going to be. You're right. I mean, Vanderbilt's a dangerous one. That is a really good one because I'm sure up until the 1980s there were World War One veterans telling you how great Vanderbilt football should be because of the history. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, click that like button, get on board now, and I um, want to remind you that uh, we're going to uh, uh, take care of your pet. It's that simple. Craft Treats. Go to crafttreats.com. Use the promo code off the hook. The promo code off the hook, and you get 20% off. They have the CBD chill pills that will help with your pet's um, arthritis will help with your pet's digestive issues. My pet takes it, my dog, uh, dogs and cats. So crafttreats.com again, crafttreats.com. It's uh, time for what the agents brought to you by crafttreats.com uh, again, crafttreats.com <clears throat> and use the promo code off the hook to get your 20% off. So here we go. What the H? What the? What was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. So, this, oh, bizarro. Um, and I don't get this. A uh, college football news said the Tennessee Vols letdown game or sandwich game is the University of Texas San Antonio September the 23rd. They say, quote, watch out. UTSA has the makeup, the veteran quarterback and Frank Harris and the attitude to walk into Knoxville and screw everything up. This comes right after the Vols go to Florida. We talked about how Philip Fulmer's teams would have those letdown games. Here's why I don't think you should be concerned about letdown games against far lesser opponents. Obviously, South Carolina was better than we all thought and put things together at the right time. But talent level, it wasn't a world of difference. UTSA is a world of difference. You don't have to worry about those games anymore because Josh Heupel's offense is going to put them on the ropes pretty quickly. So we talked about the Memphis game earlier, Memphis games, uh, plural, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, which Tennessee would sometimes – play lackluster games against, I don't think that's going to happen anymore against uh, programs that just simply don't have the type of talent. So I don't get this at all. I don't think, I think UTSA, regardless of what happens, win or loss in Gainesville, I think Tennessee pounds the brakes off the University of Texas, San Antonio. I don't care if they've got a veteran quarterback or not. Yeah, they are outside of the power five plus I say the six fringe, which I think of the, the fringe conference is the American athletic conference. And it's not power five, but it's better than all the other group of five conferences. So the other four conferences of the group of five, I would say Texas San Antonio may be the best of those teams. And so I think they're looking at because it's sandwiched between Florida and you know, they'll be circling South Carolina to beat the brakes off them. Tennessee's they're saying this could be a trap team because they have won the conference USA two years in a row. I'm making their case for a minute, just because they've won the conference USA two or two years in a row. They're 23 and five the last two years and they return a veteran quarterback. So this could be, this is going to be the best group of four team this year, maybe even group of five. This may be the group of five team that gets to the new year six this year. I mean, just, just put that out there. They could be that good. I don't think anybody looks beyond the American or the Mountain West typically for that top group of five team. I don't see Conference USA Sunbelt getting there. But if one ever breaks through, this year's Texas San Antonio team would be the one that breaks through. Yeah, I don't I, – I, again, I don't understand the U, uh, University of Texas San Antonio argument at all. I think there are probably two more trap games that 
fall on the schedule. And I understand everybody's trying to get attention and clicks, but this would not even be in my, my question is it would be I, I i didn't get this at all so the question is okay some of these games that we might call trap games they may not call trap games because they would call them toss-ups like again for me the biggest trap game and i think for you too the most dangerous game for tennessee this year is kentucky not i mean i mean dangerous i mean a game where they could lose that they shouldn't lose where they'll be favored yeah they'll be favored by a touchdown plus let, let, let's set let's set that as the parameter okay so yes. Yes, uh, Kentucky, but I could make a bigger argument for Texas A&M. I mean, and I think they're going to pound Texas A&M, but I could make a better argument for Texas A&M being one of those games than UTSA um, because you know, they, they are. Consider, they wouldn't consider A&M a trap game. Well, they would consider they, that a toss-up. But, okay, but it, well, Kentucky's as much of a toss. Kentucky's more of a toss-up than Texas A&M. That may be why they didn't include Kentucky either. That may be why they put Texas San Antonio. I mean, I'm with you. Like, I'm me and you know this. But yeah. the, <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. Like the average college football fan. I mean, me and you should. Me and you know, and regular SEC fans should know that Tennessee would be a significant. Should pound Texas A&M and should beat Kentucky. I don't know if national media understands the subtle nuanced differences between those schools right now and where they're at. Uh, yep. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's fair. I mean, if I had to do this for every school and they did do it for like every power five school, I mean, I, I would have some bad ones in there, but don't worry about UTSA. Mark that down. And you, if you want to time stamp that in your head and we want to go back, something happens and it ends up being less than 14 points. I'll, uh, I'll eat crow and be glad to do it, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, you know, Texas A&M, let me make the argument for that. You and I both think they're going to uh, – Tennessee will handle Texas A&M. They have an off week before, so they're going to handle Texas A&M. But let me just make the argument that they could be sky high if they're undefeated at that point, if they beat Florida and South Carolina. Texas A&M is a little bit more of an unknown opponent, and then you've got Alabama the next week. So we're both kind of playing devil's advocate with ourselves, but that that's a better argument to me than UTSA, is it not? Yes, I, I would I would agree in terms of who they're more likely to lose to. But I, again, it's hard to call them a trap game because national media thinks Texas A&M is going to be back this year. They're not. And so they think that would be more of a toss up. I think there's a really good chance. Look, Texas A&M is a bit, bigger trap game for Alabama than they are for Tennessee. Because remember, they play Alabama the week before they play Tennessee this year. And they get Alabama at home. And Alabama will have just played Ole Miss and then visited Mississippi State, which is, I mean, Mississippi State's going to be an easy win. But still, they have to go to Texas A&M. And me and you both agree Alabama's got a quarterback issue this year. Uh, yeah, they're taking dudes that have barely played. Um, so, although I don't think Tyler Buckner is a desperation move like you. Anyway, uh, all right, so you got this guy named Brawny. Maybe you've heard of him. He's going to go to USC. You got a, na- a guy named Arch Manning. They both have really famous dads and because Cooper's on all those Caesars commercials. And um, I'm going to make a really strong argument that those two will not have as good of a college career as – a guy that uh, I'm I'm sure you know. His name is Nico. Thank you, Nico. Ia Ame Lava. 
two minutes. I'll tell you why Nico will have a better career than both of them. To own the more that owns every job, then get to Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasti's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasti Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. Our family has been creating one-of-a-kind pieces of jewelry in West Knoxville since 1986. Each piece is a combination of unique processes that bring your idea to life. Every day in our shop, a truly special item with a story all its own is being manufactured in our facility, bringing the history and family sentiment into a whole new generation of life. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler, a title that we value and respect. Because to me, being a jeweler and owning a jewelry store are not the same thing. I'm Rick Terry, I'm a jeweler, and we want to be your jeweler. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street right next to the Tennessee Theater. With all that sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. What's up, everybody? This is University of Tennessee tight end Jacob Warren, proud to announce that I'll be working with Craven Wings again this season. And I want you to give your all and try my signature sauce, Sauce 87 at either of the Craven Wings' two locations, Chapman Highway in Seymour and South North Shore Drive at the Markets of Chodo. When you're Craven Wings, it's got to be Craven Wings. Online at CravenWings.com. You're listening to The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. The internet is full of pictures of each and every one of you. Available on YouTube. Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Is there nothing you people can't do? Also available on OffTheHookSports.com. Another NBA tie-in. I know I'm not going to break down the playoffs, but uh, you got Bronny going to Bronny James, LeBron's son, going to Southern California. Arch Manning, as we know, going to Texas. Famous dads. And who has the better career? I'm going to go ahead and tell you why Nico is going to have the better career than both of them. Better college career. Zulbeer.com brings you portions of the program. XULbeer.com. And Zulbeer is just fantastic uh, with its worldwide award-winning craft beer. And they also have parking downtown and a panoramic view of downtown Knoxville. So you will love it. Check them out. Zulbeer XUL. 
beer.com. So no great surprise. Bronny James goes to Southern California. We know Arch Manning went to Texas. So um, I think both will have very good college careers, but I think at the end of the day, we'll judge them by their NFL careers, largely because Arch Manning could have a fantastic career in, in at Texas and they might not win a championship. Uh, we, we saw that happen with both Cooper and uh, Peyton uh, as far as a national title. Peyton did win an SEC title. And we think of them as some of the biggest stars in our- Peyton and Eli. Oh, what did I say? I'm sorry. You said Cooper. No disrespect to Cooper. Apologize. Yeah. But like. Yeah. Cooper's <laughs> on energy. So it, neither one of those, Eli or Peyton, won a national title. But Peyton did win um, an SEC title. So they're judged now. And they're the biggest stars in the sports universe because of what they did in the NFL, which is a collective for championships. Um, Bronny James is not going to be LeBron, but there have only been a couple of players at that elite level. Um, but you look at, you look at Nico and I believe that he'll have a, and I'm, I'm saying this and if somebody's tuning in and they're a Georgia or South Carolina fan, they're like, Oh, that guy's a homo. But, but, I firmly believe that he'll have a bigger impact at Tennessee than Bronny James will at Southern California. And I, I say that for a couple of different reasons. Bronny James is obviously a guy who's going to be gone after one year. Um, he wants to play with his dad. And I, that's not going to have a monstrous recruiting impact. I think Nico will have a continued recruiting impact and already has had a big recruiting impact. Why I think Nico will have a better college career than Arch Manning is because I think Josh Heupel is on the front edge of a, a really good trend in the way he runs his offense. I also think, as Caleb's pointed out, he was tailor-made to fit this offense and, and his skill and his ability. So Arch Manning could go on to have a better NFL career than Nico. I don't know. I mean, that's a long ways down the line. But I don't even think it's close. I think Nico has a bigger impact on the Vols and will have a better overall career than either Bronny or Arch. Am I crazy, Caleb, to say that? No, I I, I actually agree with you. Let's start with this. Give me your thoughts. Better college career, just Bronny versus Arch first. Who has the better college career? Forget NBA. Well, I'm a little bit surprised what I've heard from people that Arch didn't have a, a spring in which he's firmly in the quarterback competition. And some of that's been said publicly, but some of that's kind of um, behind the scenes as well. So uh, I would rather take two years. And that's a tough one because a basketball player can really impact a program for a year, but I'd rather have two good years of an athlete or three Let's say Arch doesn't even start this year. I'd rather have those two good years than just one year from Bronny. So that's a tough one. So if you if you really held me to that, I would say that I think um, Arch Manning has a better college career than Bronny James. Okay, so I'm going to say Arch has the better pro career than Bronny James because Bronny is going to be a role player in the NBA because he's a solid shooter. Great, He's going to be a great shooter, and he's very athletic. Not as good of a passer as LeBron, and he's seven inches shorter. He shouldn't have gotten a five-star rating. He was a four-star guard. He's not a five-star. I can't believe 247, 247 Sports Composite upped him to a five-star. 
Mm-hmm. He is going to play for Andy Enfield, who is a really good coach, and USC returns everybody. I mean, everybody. Plus, they got a top three recruiting class. So I think Bronny has a better college career because I think USC wins the national championship next year. Not because of Bronny, because of how loaded they are elsewhere, and Bronny's going to get a lot of credit for it. Okay. Well, if anybody wins a title, then that vetoes the other two dudes. Exactly. And from the other side, Texas, what I was getting at last segment, look, I find Steve Sarkeesian to be an overrated quarterback whisperer. People tout him on a lot of these things. Who has he really turned out into a good NFL quarterback since Carson Palmer? Don't tell me Tua. That was more Mike Loxley who did to, who who coached up yeah. Tua. And Lane Kevin no, coached I mean, that's, that's fair. And um yeah, I listen, Nico is gonna be in a position that he's got to be the starter at some point. I mean, there's yep. too much money on the table, so he's gonna get his chance. Arch Manning, listen, if 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 Steve Sarkeesian doesn't think he's as good as Quinn Ewers, which I don't think he is right now and probably won't be this year, he's not going to play. If another cat comes along, he's going to play that guy. He's not going to play Arch Manning because he's a Manning. They can have all the pool they want to, and and the Mannings do like to orchestrate things and move things around, okay? So they, they would try, and you would get a call from Peyton or Eli, and there's something to be said for having a Manning back there in 2024 and what that might bring to the program, or at least maybe even getting him on the field in 2023 to show prospects that. But still, just in terms of natural fit and what Josh Heupel has done with quarterbacks, Nico's going to have a better career than Arch Manning. He might not be the better NFL prospect uh, when all said and done. We'll see. But, yeah, I I, I would I bet a mortgage payment on that. People make fun of me for saying all that, that all the time, but I would. I mean, I bring it up all the time, and we'll bring it up again since they were peers in the 90s. This is Danny Warfel versus Peyton Manning, and Nico in this situation is Danny Warfel. I, he's better than Danny Warfel, I think, but I'm saying in the sense of huh. Danny Warfel had the – look, Danny Warfel had the better college career than Peyton. There's no debating that. As much as you may want to love Peyton, Danny Warfel had better stats. He won the Heisman. He won a national title. And he won four straight SEC titles. But Peyton was the better quarterback and was the better NFL quarterback. But leaps and bounds. I've asked you this before. What determines success for Nico? For the new watcher, viewers, listeners uh, that are a part of the channel, and please hit that like button. If you haven't subscribed, we encourage you to do so. so. The Celebrate 98 series starts today. Um, what defines success? Just an SEC title? Because you got to look at a three-year span. I mean, it's not a cat that's going to be here for five years with a redshirt year. Top two in every statistical category at Tennessee for passing by the time he leads for career. And I'm going to say a national title. Nico's got to get a national title. It's too perfect. There is a, this is a rare combination. I mean, I say this a lot and I'll say it again. It is the rarest of rare combinations when you get a quarterback who is the perfect fit for a scheme that maximizes the talent. Now, yes, David Cutcliffe to Peyton Manning was a great fit because it developed Peyton for the NFL. But it's not like David Cutcliffe had a specific scheme that was tailor-made for any sort of quarterback. He, as you know, tailored his system to whatever the quarterback could do. But how much of your expectations and the lofty goals are based off that $8 million that he's getting? No, they're not. They're based on some of the highlights I saw actually in December and January when I saw the type of throws he can make. And I know what Josh Heupel runs. And I mean, it's it's literally the perfect combination. It's Tim Tebow to Urban Meyer. 
It's Tim Tebow to Urban Meyer. Okay, so if they win an SEC title and make the college football playoff two years, you consider that falling short? Two years in a row or just one year? Do that. No, they would win one SEC title and they would make the college football playoff twice. Is that falling short? Yeah. I'm not really worried about the statistics. That's falling short. That's that's falling short. You can at least hypo scheme is again is designed for Nico. Normally, I don't I don't talk I don't in the nineties with Peyton. I don't say Peyton's career at Tennessee is a disappointment. He got an SEC title and then he went to became a Hall of Fame quarterback in the NFL. I think Peyton was the one who elevated Tennessee to the next level. But I think Tennessee is low key almost there with Josh Heupel at this point. So Nico is just falling into a system. That is this, that is tailor made for him. I think I don't know if you agree with me, Dave. I think Tennessee is in a better position right now than they were right before Peyton Manning went to Tennessee in 1994. And uh, uh, how so? Well, they just finished number six in the nation. They're they just got a top ten recruiting class. They're on the precipice of being great, and they don't have this coaching turmoil. Don't forget, '94. It was after Fulmer's first year. And there was still – the whole university was divided over the former major split, and Heath Schuler had just gone to the NFL. And to former's credit, he locked down the number one recruiting class in 94. I think on paper that's Tennessee's best recruiting class ever. It's 94 or 97, one of the two. But he did lock down the best class in 94. But Peyton Manning was a reason that was the best class in, 90, in, in 94. Well, um, I, I, don't, I don't have as quite as lofty of, of – benchmark as as you do but we're we're in the same ballpark i mean you have to get to atlanta at a bare minimum okay you have to win the east one time you have to defeat georgia to do that rebecca says the stars are about to line they line every day at 10 a.m weekdays on off the sports but um so it's me and caleb um the um you have to make it to the bare minimum to me is you have to make it to atlanta you have to win the east um, again, we're talking about a three-year time span, and he might not play this year. So we're talking about a two-year time span. So that, to me, is is really is really tough to say you have to win a national title. The stats don't mean anything to me because they're already going to shorten the game a little bit, probably by possession, because they're, they're not going to stop the clock after first downs anymore, um, except the two, last two minutes. So I, I'm not necessarily worried about the stats as much, but you just have to win, you have to win a championship. You have to win an SEC title, or you're going to look back and say Nico was not, not all that. It's tough to put on a young man. I hate that. You know, my son's 18. I wouldn't want that type of pressure on his shoulders. But that's just a fact. Elias points out we're talking about a 12-team playoff era. I'll go this far: if he doesn't, if 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 they miss the playoffs one year with Nico as their starting quarterback, then I would argue that that's that's a failure yeah i know Giannis antetokounmpo recently talked about is this season a failure because you didn't get that far if you've got two years in a 12 team playoff and you miss it once based off where tennessee is i think that's that's that career could be deemed a failure and that sounds harsh but i think fair yeah i agree and success is relative to the state of the program and things like that at the time i i will say this if you look at nico's a draft pick if he don't want an sec title it's it's given what he's going to that's kind of, or if he doesn't make the college football playoff one of the two years 
that's kind of like, you know, those one and done athletes in college basketball that don't make the NCAA tournament. And I'm, I'm one of those, and I, I know you're an Allen Houston defender, but I'm one of those guys where I'm like, if you are a transcendent star worthy of a top five draft pick in the NBA, you're good enough by yourself with me and Dave as your, as your two second and third best players to get that team to the NCAA tournament. Maybe not win a game, maybe not go any further, but you by yourself can get a team to the NCAA tournament in college basketball. I don't. I don't know when I became a Houston defender. I just think he's a really good shooter. You, you, you tried. You, well, I've criticized him for never getting Tennessee to the tournament. And, okay. And well, no, that's I mean, okay. Well, I would too. I mean, he didn't play a lick of defense. He's still a good yeah. player. <laughs> I, I, the um, uh, D says Caleb, uh, you are being a tad unreasonable. Anything short of a, a national championship is tough. Really tough. So many variables can and will come into play. 21 other guys have to play a huge role. Yeah, I think that's asking a lot, man. A lot of things got to break your way. When you got not always, not when you get the situation that you're in right now with Nico to Heifel. Again, this is Tebow to Meyer. This is Warful to okay, Warful to Spurrier is overrated because quite honestly, Shane Matthews, Rex Grossman, any other quarterback could have probably won, won the national title in '96 with, with with that system and it wasn't figured out at the time. But it's Tommy Frazier to Tom Osborne, Tim Tebow to Urban Meyer. Um, think of it. What, what's another system, like a system offense that won a national title? I'm trying to think of one in my head. But you mentioned I was going to go Frazier. You beat me to the punch on that one. Yeah. Um, it's, so yeah, Tommy Frazier, in a lot of ways, is a lot like Nico. He's he was custom made for that offense. Exactly. There wasn't Perfectly a bad tailored. Point. Yeah. Uh, high knees punish you. You don't want to play in the fourth quarter because you're sick <laughs> trying to tackle that dude. Um, so yeah, I would. Uh, that, that that to me. Cam Newton got smells on. Uh, yes. Taylor made for Gus Malzahn. Yes, and you Nico can check out a column along those lines on offthehooksports.com. I everybody wants to compare. They want to say that Hendon Hooker was the Peyton Manning, and now Nico will be the guy who – I'm sorry, Joe Milton will be the guy who takes them to the next level. I think Joe Milton is a much better comparison because of his size and ability to Cam Newton and could have that type of year, uh, transcendental year, where he kind of comes out of nowhere. I, kn- I knew that Cam Newton was special, but nobody knew he was that special. You know that uh, the, uh, the Cam Newton to Tennessee story, right? And why he didn't end up at Tennessee? Have I shared this one with you? Didn't Lane Kiffin push him away? He did, but I'm going to tell you why. First, I'm going to tell you that I see clearly, thanks to Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn, no issue with far away, close vision, because Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn did my LASIK surgery. They can also perform cataract surgery and just your annual checkups. They're pretty awesome. Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn. Well, the reason being is they sent Jim Chaney to evaluate Cam Newton and he was suspended for the first half. At, was it Blinn Community College? And he was suspended for the first half. And this is the most ironic thing that's ever been spoken to me in my life. Um, I was told that by Lane Kiffin, I don't want somebody at quarterback in a leadership position with um, leader with uh, uh, issues off the field and i'm thinking to myself you realize what i've heard and been told about your coaching staff but i didn't say that (laughs) (laughs) 
mean, is that not how many on how many different levels is that good? Lane Kiffin worried about yes. character and off the field character, issues. Character and leadership issues and leadership roles was was the issue of why Tennessee stopped recruiting Cam Newton. Jim Cheney went out there first half. Now maybe that was Cheney's call. Maybe Tennessee was going to lose him to Auburn anyway. That's all possible. And this is, you know, recruiting speak to make it look better afterwards. But that's what I was told by Lane. Then, then he brought in Tyler Bray, the worst intangibles of a quarterback in Tennessee football history, who likes to throw beer cans on top of cars from his second room dorm window. Remember that one? Yes. Great line, Elias. Ronald McDonald concerned about childhood nutrition <laughs> moment. That's about as good as it gets. If I have a line as good as that the, as the rest of the week, this will be a good week. Um, yes, but that's exactly uh, what I was told. Time. So, uh, nevertheless, um, Cam Newton could have been a ball and things might have been way different. I don't know. Does, does Lane stay if he's got a Cam Newton? I mean, I don't know. Um, there's a his lot of different. The beach. He was married at the time and his wife wanted the beach. Let's call it what it is. I don't know. I don't know. And he loved uh, those beach girls at the time. He was that guy. Do you ever watch Summer House, the reality, the uh, not Summer House, uh, Flip or Flop? No. Okay, but I, wouldn't this... have, I wouldn't have flopped away from Layla. I'll tell you that. <laughs> there's this California used to be couple. This guy was married to this pretty hot blonde and they were, we, they flipped home. They worked on flipping homes and making money and it's on HGTV. Well, they got divorced. Guy got remarried. He's been dating a couple of women in between. All your typical California blondes. It's like this dude's got a type. I mean, I'm like, I feel like that was Lane Kiffin. <laughs> Ouch. There's a um <clears throat> there's another scandal. I think his type is mid-20s. There's another <laughs> scandal, another uh, gambling scandal that uh, appears to be happening with uh Iowa State. So <clears throat> why does this affect Tennessee? I want to get into that. Um, let me give you a little bit of background for those of you that are younger and not seedy. Um, so the the thing that you have to know about Knoxville that a lot of people don't before gambling was well, gambling's always been illegal, but before it became legal, Knoxville was known as a gambling hotbed. There are all kinds of poker rooms. I know a friend that ran one. It was known as every other corner. There's a secret poker room that starts about midnight and lasts till 5 a.m. So uh, Knoxville was known. Gambling slips were everywhere. I played my first parlay when I was 20 years old. <clears throat> so Knoxville is known for that. So, Caleb, I don't know if you have statistics to that, but Tennessee is one of the highest gambling states in the union. You can tell when Tennessee's number gets moved. A lot of times it'll come out. People will bet so highly on Tennessee that it'll move the number. So this is scary. Um, I, I think for Tennessee more than a lot of other schools. And now we've seen it with Alabama baseball. Uh, Alabama is also known as uh, one of the schools that'll move the number because of their gambling. So here, here's the thing that's scary ab about gambling being legal <clears throat> is that I almost guarantee you that one player's already been approached um, at several SEC schools. So, Tell me about what's happening at, at Iowa State and why Tennessee fans should keep an eye on that. And I think you should also keep an eye on the Alabama baseball situation. We're going to have 
um, a, a special guest from Alabama to talk about that situation uh, tomorrow. We've got that lined up. But I don't think that one's done either. And um, I think Tennessee, more than a lot of other schools, needs to be concerned about the easy access to gambling, Caleb. So what's going on at Iowa State? Uh, so it's Iowa and Iowa State, both schools. So Iowa, let's start with them. They've received information on 111 individuals in total, including 26 current student athletes from the baseball, men's track and field, wrestling, and yes, football and men's basketball programs, along with the full-time employee in the athletics department who were involved in illicit gambling activities. Iowa State has 15 student athletes across all sports, which also includes football, that are being suspected of wagering allegations that go against NCAA rules. I believe Iowa was one of, was like Tennessee, one of the earliest states to get involved in the sports gambling revolution that happened after the Supreme Court overturned it a few years ago. It was like Tennessee, New Jersey, and Iowa, like right off the bat. And so we're talking over 40 athletes alone at two different schools that includes players on the football teams who have been suspected or suspended due to gambling, due to illicit wagers not allowed by the NCAA. If that's happening in Iowa, it can easily happen at Tennessee, where, like you said, sports gambling is much, much more widespread and is a big problem. Just, just to, It's funny you bring that up with Knoxville. I got a little history on my own. Memphis, at the turn of the 20th century, in like 1900, about 1910, you've been to the Liberty Bowl right? Unfortunately. <laughs> so right over there, there's, there used to be this, there used to be these fairgrounds and this little amusement park, but there's this Coliseum and right across the street, there was this grassy patch that used to be the site of the most popular horse racing event in the nation. It was the Tennessee Derby. It competed with the Kentucky Derby until Tennessee outlawed sports gambling. And it obviously killed the Tennessee Derby and it doesn't exist anymore. And they tore down the horse racing track, but uh, for a century, there has been a thirst for sports gambling in Tennessee. It's a big part. It was a big part of the state culture until it was outlawed. It's probably why they out- outlawed it because maybe people took, maybe Tennessee was one of the states where they took it a little bit too far. <laughs> and so I'm thinking, you're right. Now in Tennessee, it's a real issue. Tennessee's got four professional, three professional major league sports teams. They might get a fourth soon in baseball. They got a pretty famous NASCAR track. Just about just an hour and a half east of Knoxville. NASCAR is about, about to embrace gambling to try to help themselves get a little more popular. Mm-hmm. This is all uh, over the state. No, I mean, this is a big thing. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, within three to five years, I, it might be Alabama. I mean, this might get bigger. Don't forget Calvin Ridley was also involved with gambling. He played at Alabama. Now you got the baseball program. I'm 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 gonna go ahead and tell you somebody's gonna get the SMU death penalty from this. They're going to make an example out of someone. Okay. And it might be Iowa, Iowa State. I don't know. But I've mentioned this before. The NCAA hired 40 more people in their enforcement office. I think they had about 12. Okay. So this is a ma- this is not just expanding the department, this is exploding the department. What are they going to police? You can't police tampering with social media. 
if if somebody wants to reach out to Nico and say, hey, you're not going to play there because Joe Milton, come on over. You, there's no way you can find that out. Um, there, there's also, I, I don't know how in the world you could police payments now because <clears throat> anybody that has any intelligence whatsoever knows that it's legal. You just got to make sure that you're you're doing it right. It's basically like having a, the right tag on the back of your car. But the thing that the NCAA is going to hammer somebody on, you just wait, it's going to be gambling. Because I'll go ahead and tell you here how I feel about gambling. You and I actually agree on Pete Rose, which is rare, um, because everybody seems like he, sh- he should be in the Hall of Fame and that he shouldn't have been punished so harshly. But listen, I can watch Naked and Afraid reality television. I don't want to watch that. Because I believe that reality television is absolutely the least real television on the planet. It's all scripted. It's all BS. And if I find out that my favorite sport and my favorite sports are college football, the NFL, the NBA, or my top three, I'm done. I'm not watching that sport. I'm not interested anymore. Because I like the idea that you don't know what's going to happen. And if I think that somebody is pulling strings, I'm out. That I'm done. So you just cannot do that, Caleb. That's what makes sports programming so special. I'm sure there are some on, that are listening that like WWE and professional wrestling. That's fine. You can like it. Just, you know that's a show. I don't want to watch a show, Caleb, period. Yeah, you want to watch the best of competition. This is the idea of what we as society embraces competition in certain moments. And we, particularly professional sports, is a way to get the best athletes, the best skill people in their respective field to compete against each other in an honest way. And we all love seeing it. And you're right, Dave, I know you don't like it, but this has to be something that Congress has to address, right? Like, cause it can affect it, it. I mean, I know everybody's like Congress, you get out of the entertainment business. They got bigger things. This is a big thing. You know how many jobs are dependent in sports and gambling and how many could be in, could be jeopardized by people placing illicit bets that compromises the integrity of the sport. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's going to happen. I'm telling you, somebody's going to get hammered and they might try to find an SMU, a smaller school that doesn't have as big of an impact. But if this stuff at Alabama or Iowa blows up, then you might have to make them the example. You don't want to make Alabama the example. And as far as wrestling, ask if I I don't like wrestling. I don't dislike wrestling. I just don't have enough time to add anything else to my plate. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and then... Uh, Mr. Jones said, it's still real to me. <laughs> um, what is that from? What movie is that from? It's still real to me, damn it. I have <laughs> no idea. Help um, me, Mr. Jones, because I'm actually loading up drops today, so I might use that one. I mean, this uh, is the problem. The, we had sports gambling illegal everywhere outside of Vegas for 100 years, and it, the federal government fought the idea of making it legal everywhere, and now it's legal and they're caught they're caught with you know way behind the eight ball because it's getting legalized in all these states and they have no uniform policy to address who can gamble and what can gamble and i mean i you know in the stock market dave you're not allowed to you're not allowed to make 
investments in the stock market if you have insider information on what's going to happen with that stock. How in the world are you allowed to legally gamble on a sport you play? How is that not the same thing? I'm with you. I'm with you. That it's yeah, it's it's not good. And you can bet on your own. You can bet for your team. You can do all that stuff. And I'm just and I remember that it's real to me. I was a dude sitting up in the stands talking about wrestling. That was pretty funny. Um, uh, <laughs> that's going to be a drop later today so uh tomorrow on the program we'll be joined by a very special guest because i do want to dig into this a little bit more and um because i'm not sure that this is done for alabama fans that tune in uh, i hope for your sake that it's done but i'm i'm not sure so drew diarmond will join us tomorrow he covers alabama and i look forward to that because this alabama thing um and this iowa thing it's got legs, kids. I told you that last week when stuff has continued to come out. And so far, Alabama's stance on it has been to leak information to like Andy Staples, who I like a lot, but to leak information that no players were involved. Why don't you come out with a statement that says no players involved? It's two very different ways of handling that. One of them, you feel more secure in your stance. Because right now, you leak it to media, and they take the hit. Okay? Yes, exactly. Yeah, if you come out and make a stance and you're like athletic director, Alabama, Iowa, or whoever, uh, you lied. And oh, exactly. You don't want to be that dude. And let's let's also, before we get out of here, be very clear. Because a lot of people will say, you know, rest fix games. And yes, there's been the Tim Donahue incident in the NBA. Does the NFL call things more favorably in certain situations? Yes. That's, to- that's not okay. It's not the same as completely scripting something. Yes. This is not. Bassey Lawn and Garden Man Alive, it's worth the drive. Industrial mowers, commercial mowers, residential, it's worth the drive because their buying power saves you money. Whether it's Nashville, Chattanooga, or Knoxville, they're in Cleveland, Tennessee. I highly encourage if you head up a business that needs to restock that fleet or you're starting a big-time landscaping company, you need to get to Bassey Lawn and Garden. Go to Bassey.com to learn more. This has been a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. We will talk some gambling issue with Craig Armand tomorrow, and also, he will give you a great insight as to recruiting in Alabama. Is Tennessee now on par with Alabama and Georgia? He does a great job covering recruiting, and uh, we will uh, have our Celebrate 98 series, the first one. Emo, that's pretty awesome. Eric Westmoreland, more to come. Thanks to our buddy Fred White, who joins us each and every Friday. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Oak Sports. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.